Hey yo, what's up, weebs? Today's podcast is brought to you by Podgo. Oh, I love these guys at Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section in the application. Do that today. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back Ooh, to another Friday. So you already know what that means. You already know what that means. It is Weeb Cash, the number one anime and manga show on the internet with the, with, you know, with your boy. Look, it's C-Dub, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Mori, a.k.a. the independent variable. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Let's hit it up. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And I, I can't help not be excited because... This is going to be one of my favorite episodes because um, I love doing these. I've only done the one other. Yes, you, you read the, you're reading the title. Yes, it's one of my genre research episodes. My very first episode on the podcast back in all the way in February. felt like it was years ago, doesn't it? This goddamn this year is uh, really messing up my time, my sense of time and place. I swear to God. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but back in February... I did, I started my podcast, um, Weebcast, nervous as hell, didn't know what, the, what I wanted to talk about, um, but I was like, you know what, there's two things that I know really, really, really well, and that's sports and manga, so I said, why the hell not, why don't I do my first episode and talk about sports and manga, and that's what the hell I did, um, that was the first episode and y'all seem to really, really enjoy it. To this day, I still get people listening to that episode, listening in and downloading that episode and giving me feedback on that. Um, 30 episodes in, you know, 29 episodes after that, people still download that episode, um, periodically, um, and listen on. So I was like, you know what? Eventually I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to come back, do it better. Um, cause that episode was rough, right? I don't know if you ever guys... If you haven't heard Sports of Mind, go go watch. I mean, go look, download it and listen to it. Um, I'm very proud of the episode and the, and the stuff that I did for um, in that in that research and how I put that episode together. But it was rough. It was a first, it was my very first episode. Um, I was just coming back because I wasn't. I was trying to get in the mood, get in the groove into recording podcast again. And no, I'm not gonna go into the story, all that stuff. You can listen to the to that first episode of Sports of Mind, but. Um, when you get the chance, but, um, I was like, I have to do another one of these. And I think I've been talking about it for the last few months. I believe that I was planning to do another genre focused episode. And, um, that's what I'm going to do because, and you, you see the title. Yes, 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 yes. If you can't notice the glitter, the sparkles, the frilly mess, the, the icing, um, all that mess is because this is all about shoujo and shoujo manga. Yes, indeed. I'm doing this for the ladies out there because I know y'all listen to the show. There's, I mean, I've, I've, I've checked my demographics. Um, you know, I know it's about half. It's almost half and half, but 40 to 41 percent of y'all are the female sex. I was like, why am I not catering to y'all as well? <laughs> Look, see, those guys look out for everybody. And plus, in preparation for this episode, I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of watching. And this research just targeted for shoujo, manga, shoujo, anime. Um, so I could talk about it, present it to you the best way I could possibly can, just like I did in the sports manga. Give me the history, the importance, all that good and juicy stuff. Um, and also get ready so I can do my top 20 shoujos of all time. Yes, 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 yes. Um, to this day, I still get comments to me from friends, viewer, uh, listeners, um, about my, when I, in my sports and manga episode, when I listed my top, uh, 20, uh, sports titles of all time. Um, 
you'd be surprised how many people are still upset with me by not putting Haikyuu in the top 10. Now, that's the one, one sports title that I might raise a little bit higher and it might crack the top 10. It just might. But there's just so many good stuff out there, guys. So many good sports. But look, look, I'm taking off my, my sports hat off. That's not what we're here for. That is not what we're here for. Because um, we're here for the shoujo goodness. You know what I mean? We're here for the shoujo manga experience. And I'm going to bring it for you that today. But before I get to that, you guys, if you guys are listening to the podcast, make sure you guys rate, review it, subscribe it, wherever you guys listen to it, whether it's on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, um, wherever you guys may be listening, whatever podcast that you may be listening to this right now, make sure you guys do that right now, rate it, review it, tell me how you've been liking the show, what do you want to see on the show in the future, and all that good and juicy stuff, and even more, if you really want to make me happy, you can now support the podcast officially on the Weebcast uh, Patreon. Um, all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash Weebcast show. And there you can get episodes early. You get ad free episodes. Um, so if you like to hear, if you want to hear bonus content, more shows, actually right now, when this episode's dropped, I should have already have my week for the, my weekly manga corner episode exclusively for patrons. Um, right now for the webcast vip um on that second tier of patreon you should right now you'll be able to go on patreon forward slash uh, dot com forward slash webcast show and check out that patreon only episode where i do my weekly manga corner um because this episode won't have included because look i'm talking about all about shoujo we're getting all lovey and dovey in this up in this joint right now today all right so i won't be doing a weekly manga corner on this episode but if you've been missing it and you need your manga review fix from me c-dub make sure you go on patreon and become a patreon support the podcast so you can get bonus content um i post on pod uh i post text posts and stuff like that all the time on patreon only for you guys you get updates for me my recording schedule all that good and juicy stuff um check it out check it out and i'm going to be adding more stuff to it more exclusive stuff to it in the future so get on the ground level support the podcast uh, on patreon patreon.com forward slash Weebcast show. Um, but it's time. Let's just get right into it. Shoujo manga. It's, um, look, you guys, you guys, if you guys are listening to the show, you guys are probably not new to anime. But for just for the ones that maybe may not be the deep cut anime otakus, such as me and yourself, some other people like that. Shoujo manga is a manga aimed usually at young teen female. Um, and it usually, and the name romance, romanticizes the, um, shoujo, which just means young women, um, in English. And usually shoujo manga covers subjects in variety of narrative styles and from historical drama to science fiction, often with a focus on romantic relationships and emotions. Um, now while doing research, I was talking to some people and someone said, Someone pointed out to me that on the Wikipedia, I think, for Shoujo Maga, I think it includes, and I had to write this down because I didn't believe that Wikipedia would even add this, but they all, but they describe it as strictly speaking, Shoujo Maga does not com, you know, com, comprise a style or genre, but rather indicates a target demographic, which is true. But as you, I think, but as we go through this today's episode, and I kind of describe to you the importance and the history of Shoujo Maga, I think we're going to see that that's not entirely accurate um and i think you'll see that as we as we kind of go through here because i really wanted to start with just the history because uh, i want to highlight just the key elements in the history and development of the modern shoujo manga um and kind of sprinkle some notable works that kind of just marked its exception inception um, as well as the social political aspects that influenced um, its rise in popularity. Because um, when we think of shoujo manga, at least when I think of shoujo manga, I think we really think of the pretty character designs, the high school settings, sparkling comic panels, the classic and cliche misunderstandings, just the honey sweet moments, and sometimes the bittersweet moments as well. Um, and then obviously some titles go, you know, we think of some titles right to right, or at least I do. 
you know, I'm thinking about Full Moon World, Sakashite, Kadashi Konjo no Jijo, uh, Skip Beat. Um, and those titles kind of dominate the contemporary face of shoujo manga. Um, you know, these stories of adolescent love, friendship, um, handsome men. Um, and these things are usually extremely alluring to the young female readers. But shoujo manga as a particular subset has just a long and interesting history. Um, mo- it's just departed from its modern conception. Um, and I want this episode to highlight some of those key elements um, in the history and just development of the modern shoujo manga. And bring up some works that I thought that um, that change and morph the genre and into what we see it in 2020 and today. Um, so let's just hit it off. Uh, let's start. Let's go back in time. Let's go as early as 2009. As early as 2009, there were 40 shoujo manga magazines circulating um, throughout Japan. 40. No lie. It, compared to the only 27 or so shonen manga magazines. Um, and each of these shoujo magazines had specific targeted age groups and specialized genres and subgenres. Uh, and like I said, historical romances, the uh, shonen ai, science fiction, slice of life, uh, high school dramas, uh, and fantasy. Shoujo manga magazines offered just a wide selection of just different fantasies and adventures for young girls that varied drastically from genres and to art style. Um, but this this diversity, you know, at one point was in trouble. It wasn't always like that. Um, see, the, the publishing environment before the Second World War saw an abundance of just publishers, including even the big names that you and I may recognize and ones that I talk about a lot on the show, Kodansha um, and Shueisha, uh, with copious mon- other magazine publications. Um, like, for instance, Shueisha, you know, known for its uber-popular uh, Shonen Jump magazine, um, established six magazines targeting both boys and girls um, in its first year of operation. And by the end of the World War II, um, paper and material shortages had all but choked the life out of a lot of manga publishers. Um, only one girls' magazine um, remained, and that was the Kondansha Shoujo Club. And that was one of the only, one of the very few mag- manga magazines that even made it out alive at the end of the war. Um, however, manga magazines endured. They fought the good fight. And they, they provided a brief and just m- so much needed respite from the harsh realities of the post-war era. Um, children's manga was extremely popular for, for precisely this reason. Because um, by the time of Japan's surrender in the summer of uh, 1945, many, many, many children who had been born during the wartime era could really only remember being at war. Daily air raids, harsh provisions escaping the bomb shelters were just normal day-to-day experiences um in the summer of 1945 introduced the children for the very first time something that they have never known peace in many senses the children of japan did not know how to live a normal life and that was that was not involved in the toils and service of the now removed wartime emperor um and the reintroduction of children's magazines thus boomed in the post-war era and really gave the perfect conduit to capture a number of things. Uh, the slice of life experience, exciting new adventures and romances, um, and, and a secret lament for the shame and loss um, during the war. same conditions that killed many publishers and forced massive consolidation um, in the industry, in the manga industry, where the same magazines um, rebounded rapidly at the at the end of the war. You know, relative to other things, magazines were really easy to produce. Um, it didn't take a lot of material costs. 
it was very it, it, it took minimal amounts of labor um and the first issues of post-war manga magazines could be done even when only one color of ink was available and they could utilize recycled paper the infamous i don't know if you guys know about this look see look see dub always bring you with a big big brain weeps <laughs> weep facts you know the akahan or red books <clears throat> named after the color of their covers dominated the early post-war era with so little income across Japan, these cheap manga books were priced at anything from 10 to 90 yen. Um, easily affordable for young kids. Um, and Osamu Tezuka, the father of the modern manga, the boy, the man, the myth, the legend, was known to have drawn a number of manga in these akahan, in these red books. Um, but things got better. As wealth flowed into the pockets of ordinary Japanese families, the Akahan lost relevancy by the end of the 1950s, really, and kind of replaced and replaced by other manga forms crucial to the development of the medium. By then, Tezuka had already serialized what many consider the starting point of the manga shoujo manga. You, you heard me right. Osamu, Osamu Tezuka plays a part in... And shoujo manga, yeah, 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 we know, we know Astro Boy, you know, which I think is still one of the, still holds up to this day, which you can find, you can, uh, I think is there's an English publisher, um, and you can still read, you can find, um, Astro Boy, uh, manga, manga, uh, volumes, and I think you get them in usually in collection, it's really hard to find individual volumes, I believe, but I think you can find usually collections of, uh, Astro Boy manga, I mean, he's not, he not only fathered, what we consider the modern shonen genre but he also played a part in in the modern shoujo genre uh, with his work with uh, Ribon no Kishi or Princess Knight was a serialized work between 1953 to 1958 um, and would be the really the starting point for long running serialized story manga Stories that, that could run just from just a few magazines to 10 years. Uh, telling the story of a princess who must pretend to be a male prince to inherit her rightful throne. Um, and this motif of a girl dressing up as a boy is certainly one that finds its way into more modern shoujo manga. But such as the um, uh, shoujo Kakume Utena or the revolutionary girl Utena. Uh, but Tezuka's story... Um, certainly lay some of the fundamental and thematic groundwork with cross-dressing, romance, drama, and fantasy. Um, Princess Knight, more importantly, represented a turning point in the conception uh, of the story and serialized manga. Um, see, manga targeted at girls is by no means a new phenomenon, alright? I mean, one can sift through the archives and find silly manga in the early 1920s that clearly meant for that were for meant for girls to enjoy but just but it was the notion of a story manga dedicated to girls started 30 or so years after the first panels targeting the young female demographic were ever printed um the story manga was a departure from the narrative style of the past where manga predominantly featured more episodic content and they were more dedicated to comedy um, but with the introduction of the story manga, manga could f- could really finally, or f- in the beginning, enter the realm of novels and film and be expressive, romantic, even more historical, and uh, even more. Um, and this helped really legitimize the industry as one of the pro- one as one producing works beyond just mere comedy and pulp fiction. Um, now, moving a little bit forward, moving from the 50s to the 60s, most of the mangaka publishing in the major shoujo publications, such as Shoujo Friends, uh, Shoujo Club, which was in Kodansha's magazine, were men. A lot of men in the 1960s and before usually published manga for girls. Um, and this included big name mangaka like Tetsuo Chiba. Famous for his uh, magnificent sports manga, Ashita no Jo. Still one of my, still, still one of my top 10 favorite sports manga of all time. 
um, who also published works as Akinejan, uh, Mama no Violin, and Yuki, Yuki no Tayo in shoujo magazines. Um, even the father of horror manga, Kazuo no Umezu, which if you guys want to hear a, like a horror manga, horror manga, um, kind of genre related episode, let me know. Cause I, it's one of the few things, see, I hate to take this to a sidetrack a little bit, but I'm a big fan of horror movies, American horror movies, um, Japanese horror movies, even like European, Italian, like gritty horror pieces, stuff like that. I would love to do research for a horror genre related episode. Like, wouldn't that be fucking cool? Cause Kazuo Umezu is a legend and I think more people need to know about him, but he published works. Um, published a number of his horror works in Shoujo Friends. Um, Shotaru Ishinomori, known for her common writer, also published a short story collection in Kodansha's Shoujo Club. But but we didn't really it doesn't really get into the 70s. Um, where we hit the golden age of Shoujo manga. Because um, here in the 70s, kind of gave rise to the year 24 group. Um, and I know, and may, some people may find that name pretty familiar, but this is the shoujo manga equivalent of the, like, the Bloomsbury group. Um, the name derives from the fact that many in the group were born in the 24th year of the Showa period, uh, 1949. Uh, while some consider Tezuka to be the producer of the earliest renditions of the modern shoujo manga, it was the year 24 group that masterfully recreated the genre in their own image. Um... It is the aesthetics of this period, as well as just the focus on gender, uh, sexuality, that would really become the standard for all great shoujo manga moving forward. Um, it, it is it is an era of Moto Haigo, often considered the mother of modern shoujo manga, who wrote a number of science fiction classics, um, including Juichuren uh, Iru, or They Were Eleven. Um, historical manga such as the Poe family um, and an, even a number of sh- early shonen eye works um, known as the Heart of Thomas that would kind of be the representative of the shoujo genre um, and unlike Tezuka's uh, Osamu Tezuka's uh, Ribbit, uh, Ribbit no Kisha or Princess Knight the, f- the flowing hair of the main character in There Were Eleven um, the punch of the of the Poe family, along with just beautiful men, are, are just more visually in line in what we see in shoujo manga today. Um, but it's also an era of the 1970s, was also the era for um, a Ryoko, uh, Ryoko Ikeda, really most known for a masterpiece, The Rose of Versailles, um, published in Margaret, Margaret Comics, I believe. And Ryoko manga, Ryoko's manga depicted themes just so popular and shoujo manga even 30 almost 40 years later um including just historical elements um from the 18th and 19th century an aesthetic that's kind of focused on the details in the eyes the long flowing hair um and as well as eternal questions of just gender identity um and sexuality um as it's referenced by the main character's upbringing and even the main character's masculine name lady oscar um, but there are many, many more. From the shonen ai manga of Yasuko Aoki um, to the historically focused works of uh, Toshie Kihara. You know, but they all had just one thing in common. Um, this era of manga artists all contributed to establishing the broad themes and aesthetic cues that make shoujo manga what they are. You know, while we originally trace the modern shoujo manga's lineage back to Osamu Tezuka, the father of the modern manga, it's just, it is unconceivable, it's inconceivable that his uh, Princess Knight and the works of the Year 24 group are comparable in terms of inevitable influence. Um, and, and furthermore, it's, it is notable in the development of shoujo manga, at least, that feminist criticism had begun in Japan in the late 1960s into the early 70s, 
which under the sphere of of the American of American influence, which was experiencing its second wave of the uh, feminist movement at this point in time. And the feminist movement in Japan was broadly about women's liberation. Um, and this included ideas such as liberating women from an oppressive household systems, um, redefining ideas of husbands, children, households, affection, love. Um, and this movement really took shape in shoujo manga as well. Um, as see as more liberated female characters in the shoujo works of Moto Haigo, Ryoko Ikeda, and others represented a shift towards more female agency. Um, just in addition, just the presence of shonen ai manga by Yasuko Aoke and Keiko Takamiya, who published perhaps probably the first shonen ai manga um, in the sunroom, um, were interpreted as just not as just a new intriguing fantasy for just young girls, but really brought forth questions of uh, and topics of liberal gender and sexuality that had previously not been really considered in previous works. Um, see, male characters often shared effeminate features in in the shonen ai forms and yaoi and boys love type manga. Um, many have attributed to the popularity of these sorts of characters to, to the sole fact that these characters may represent uh, alter egos or hidden desires of the female reader to escape some of the more tr- for the, from the trappings of the female sex um, and, and this sort of criticism and feminist perspective would really dominate the 80s and 90s as the year 24 group continued their careers uh, to supplement this a new trend of fighting heroines from manga such as um, the Revol- revolutionary girl Tana um, Bishujo Shensi Sailor Moon, Card Captor Sakura, also chimed in the latter half of the 1990s. And Utena, Sailor Moon, Card Captor Sakura really brought forth ideas of transformation, where you know these young girls are turning into something that enabled freedom, power, agency. Um, Utena, specific, specifically, I can't even speak right now, really set herself apart from the pack because she was not just a fighting heroine but a heroine wearing male clothes, which represented a callback to manga such as Osamu Tezuka's uh, Princess Knight and The Rose of Versailles. Um, but it, it, it's, and it's not some coincidence that Utena deals heavily in topics of sexuality and gender identity because other manga, such as the uber-popular Fruit Baskets, um, where characters turned into their zodiac animal when hugging members of the opposite sex, utilized this theme and transformation in different ways. But an underlying motif of puberty, uh, growth, uh, and sexuality still existed. And as Fruit Baskets continued into the mid-2000s, we were given numerous titles um, that took this genre a little, that took the genre further from Nana to Skip Beat, um, which have since flourished with critical acclaim. Um, and they've dealt with transformative nature of the lives of young girls as they kind of move from one stage of their lives um, to an, to the next. Um, one may notice that at this point, the trends in shoujo manga may have become to, you know, dissipate, fizzle out a little bit and grow a little vague. And the types of stories within shoujo manga have become just vast and innumerable. Um, but... Uh, you know, obviously, shoujo manga has grown enormously since the second half of the 20th century, and, and it's really become difficult to paint broad strokes for the shoujo manga in the 21st century um, that bear significant truths worthy of analysis, even more than what I can do in this episode. Um, but nevertheless, the history of shoujo manga remains, as it was, rich in historical context and deep and in its evolution from its early comedic stages. Um, while shoujo manga kind of nowadays is criticized for being, you know, this, for its overemphasis on school environments, um, underwhelming teenage romance, um, and childish teen dramas, there still exists the intrinsic desires, the dreams, and aspirations of young girls and young women. The, these dreams can be fleeting, Emperor, 
but shoujo manga preserves them in its entirety now and forever. Now, I, I should add, I should continue with some, and that was just really a kind of an overview of the history, but I should fill in some blanks. Um, because a lot of, you know, ask any shoujo manga fan about their favorite series, and they'll happily regale you the, the plots of their famous shoujo manga in fine, super detail. But... If you ask them about the shoujo manga history, uh, they'll be looking at you a little weird and not really give you an answer. So I'm hoping for those shoujo manga fans out there, um, and I've definitely become one now. <laughs> now you can kind of hey, tell your friends, like, hey, man, I know how shoujo manga started. I know the roots. I know the history. Um, and I'm just going to spend just a few more minutes to just kind of fill in some points in the timeline uh, and some other things from um, other reputable sources and other people that know much more than I do, and kind of and kind of uh, flush out the history of shoujo manga. Because uh, I kind of want to go back to the '60s, where I was talking about the new generation of artists were ready to make some major changes to the genre, starting with stories, uh, style stories told, and the types of girls featured in them. Because previously, shoujo manga largely consisted of sentimental melodramas. Starring middle, you know, like uh, starting elementary and middle school aged girls, um, and this was like I said back in the '60s. Uh, but a manga scholar and manga translator, Rachel Thorne, described it as, and I, I quote: "Male cartoonists seem to largely unable to imagine a heroine who's not under the age of 13, and almost entirely passive. And the most common storylines were tragedies that involved mothers. Heroines were always being separated from their biological mothers." by death or other circumstances and as often as they were not abused and and as often as not were abused or neglected by cruel heartless stepmothers they were buffeted uh, about from one kind of misery to the next patiently awaiting someone usually a kind handsome young man to rescue them end quote and meanwhile these new mangaka preferred to write about uh, otenba or tomboy protagonist uh, and these heroines still possess the cuteness, innocence, and patience of their predecessors, I guess, but, but they were a little older, more strong-willed, um, and more willing to face challenges head-on and directly. Um, they also ex expanded the types of stories told within shoujo manga from simple melodramas to a wide variety of genres. In the 60s, these two trends combined in one medium-defining genre, sports. Um, look, even in a, in a shoujo genre episode, I have to bring up a little sports. I think in my sports and manga genre, I think I brought up a few other genres that work really well with sports as well, actually. So I guess kind of this section of the show, of the podcast, is kind of go a little bit into that. Um, while shonen sports of the time featured, of the time featured popular action-driven sports like soccer and baseball, their shoujo counterparts remained based around stereotypically feminine genteel activities like horseback riding and ballet but that all changed when japanese women's volleyball team won a gold medal and inspired chikako umano to write one of shoujo manga's first blockbuster titles attack number one its heroine kozue leads her high school volleyball team to glory on regional and later national levels while making friends dealing with rivals and working through personal tragedy. Plot-wise, this is fairly formulaic fare for sports manga, but what made Attack Number 1 revolutionary was its approach to Kozue and her personal struggles. See, Kozue was not like the heroines of the past, suffering nobly until someone saved her. Instead, she really faced her problems on and off the court, head on, overcoming them through perseverance and teamwork. Um, she was the fusion of the Otenba, of the tomboy, and the fighting spirit that motivated the Olympic team that inspired attack number one in the first place. Um, just as the nation took inspiration and pride from its Olympic team, so too could young girls take inspiration from Kozue's hard work and empathy and apply it to their own lives. Um, the success of attack number one would not only change how shoujo heroines were written, 
but also marks the beginning of a long line of shoujo sports stories from AIM to AIM for the Ace to shoujo fight. Um, It's really hard to believe that there was a time when romance was not a common part of, uh, of, ma- of shoujo manga. Because before the 60s, the popularity of younger, childish heroines meant that romance was out of the question because they were just children. And outside of the elder siblings, you know, except for their elder siblings or just some fantasy princesses, but the times were changing. Um, and shoujo manga's audience were growing up alongside his creators, so they were ready for romance. And Yoshiko Nishitani was ready to give it to him. Um, Nishitani made her debut at, at eight at the age of 18 in 1961, and five years later, she would quietly revolutionize shoujo manga with titles like Mary Lou, uh, uh, Mary Lou, and Lemon and Cherry. Um, and these weren't stories set up in faraway lands, but instead in ordinary Japanese high schools. Her heroines did the same things their readers were doing, negotiating friendships, doing homework, and most notably, dating ordinary Japanese boys. With this approach, Nishitani brought shoujo manga down from down to earth, closer to the modern slice of life stories that we see in see, see today. Um, and the shift to older heroines also allowed Nishitani to tackle more complex um, topics along her teen um, teen readership. Today, today, such stories are commonplace and almost cliche at the point, but that's only because countless mangaka since Nishitani have Nishitani's time have been refining on the innovations. Um, she's made and as as the shoujo audience got older shoujo mangaka grew more ambitious with both style and subject matter Uh, and if there's anyone who best represents his ambition it would be Hideko Mizuno she started drawing manga at 12 years old and made her debut just four years after that Um, as a girl she met Osamu Tezuka the god of manga and he was so impressed by her talent that she became the first and only woman invited to live and work at the uh, Tokiwa So Apartments alongside the likes of Shotaro Ishinomori, Fuko uh, Akasuka, and Fujito Fujito. Uh, from the start of her career, Mizuno was not a fan of the sappy melodramas that were typically of the early shoujo manga and strove to make kind of stories that she enjoyed. Um, over the course of the 60s, she would dabble in everything from mythological epics like Harp of the Stars to comedies like um, Honey Honey's Wonderful Adventures. Her drive and her ambition to experiment with genres and follow her interests would come to head with 1969's um, Fire. Two explanation points. <laughs> Mizuno drew, up- drew upon a research trip to America and the real world story of Scott Walker to create fire. Um, it follows young Aaron Browning, who inspired to become a singer after meeting the delinquent um, musician Fire Wolf. And Aaron then moved, forms a band and finds some success, but soon gets caught up in the, the sex, the drugs, and the tragedy of the American counterculture in the late 1960s. Um, fire was a really a timely story, exploring serious social subjects as drug use, racism, suicide, and sex. In fact, it was so controversial at the time that Mizuno had to publish it in Japanese edition of Seventeen instead of a normal manga magazine because its themes were equally matched by her artistic ambition as she experienced that experimented with layout, paneling, and perspective to create art that was not only psychedelic but really beautiful. And Fire was a sensation in its day winning over many older and otherwise unconventional readers and winning the Shogu Kakan Manga Award in 1970. Um, it was an, also an incredibly in- influential work. It, its approach to heavy subjects and appeal to just the audio audiences were a precursor to the works of the magnificent 49ers just um, a few years later. Um, and some considered it ancestor kind of to the, to the Jose manga. Um, which is a manga genre usually re- to the to older females in their 20s and above. Um, in the relationship between Aaron and Fire Wolf, some have, may have seen the first stirrings of the genre soon to be known as the boys love manga kind of genre. Um, but Mizuno, Mizuno's ambition to explore new subjects and experiment with her art expanded shoujo manga's hor- horizons in ways never seen before and its impact 
can be really feel can really be felt today. Um, but it's really hard that an era of shoujo manga history could really be forgotten. But there is a kind of a lost generation in the history of shoujo manga. But a number of circumstances threaten to jo- destroy its legacy. Because the first is that many of these stories were not published in collected volumes. The notion of collecting magazine chapters as bound takuban did not really begin in Japan until the late 1960s. You know, which meant that much of the shoujo manga of this era was never republished outside of, of their original magazine runs. Um, early print runs tended to be small in number and seldomly reprinted. So there have been a few modern re-releases, um, but their low quantities and high price tags leave them out of reach for all but hardcore collectors and uh, libraries. And many really can't be republished at all because the original... Um, the original manuscripts uh, were not preserved. Um, but as Hideko Mizuno herself notes in her interview in International Perspectives on Shoujo and Shoujo Manga, um, and I quote, in those days, there was no use for manuscripts. After they were published, since there wasn't a custom of compiling them and making a single storybook, editors didn't seem to realize how precious manuscripts were. Although I asked many times that they returned my manuscripts, they never came back. I was told, we don't know where they are, and that was it, end quote. Um, and this short-sighted approach led shoujo publishers to just give away manuscript pages as contest prizes, color and alter them for advertisements, or simply throw them away. Um, the few existing collections of original magazines are scattered across various libraries, archives, and just private collectors, and none are really complete. Um, since they were cheaply printed, mass-marketed, magazines made over half a century ago physically preserving and scanning these surviving volumes is a challenge all unto itself Um, but even academic bias played a role in its erasure like as many as earlier japanese scholars did not consider shoujo manga made before the magnificent 49ers worthy of study it's only recent in years that scholars have started to substantially analyze this era of shoujo manga history um but the final factor may be unavoidable of all, the passage of time. The young women making and reading these manga are now in their 70s and 80s, and within a generation, most will die from old age. Um, and this era of shoujo manga will slip away from living memory. And the only way to keep this metaphorically lost generation from becoming literally lost to the ages is for modern fans and scholars to engage these works preserve their names and stories of the women who made them and share them with future and modern shoujo fans. Um, These pioneers of the genre deserve to have their names and stories remembered. Um, It's really up to us to really make sure that happens. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So when you think of podcasting, what do you think of? Or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Look, 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 look. It's that time of the show. It's that time of the show of the genre episode where I am going to detail you my top 20 shoujo shoujo manga of all time now over these last few months i have read and watched so so many stuff some good some bad and you know how we do it on show i like to i like to praise what i like to uplift manga and not so much talk down on it and if i do 
just let me know. Because sometimes I, I get like that way. But, um, um, I, so I, look, there might be some hot takes on there. It might be, I don't, I don't think they're going to be so many hot takes. Because I think the shoujo genre right now, um, you know what? I'm not quite sure. Maybe people will get upset at me at some of my picks. That actually might happen. I don't know. Let, let's hope not. But I won't go through my top 20. The first 10, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through a little fast, and then when I get to my top 10, I'll explain why they're at that position. Um, but the first 10, the 20 through 11 picks, uh, I may go through a little fast, um, just to keep things on pace and, and all that good stuff. So here it is. Um, I should do something. It is time for Weebcast Top 20 Shoujo Manga All Time, starting with number 10, Glass No Common. Um, Glass No Common is a story about Maya Kijijima, who has absolute love for everything entertainment and has a natural talent for acting. And having the ability to imitate an entire performance word from word after watching it once, her talents get discovered by a former actress, Chugusei uh, Sushikage. Uh, I think Let's No Common sold over 50 million copies around the world, becoming some of the, I think, the second highest selling shoujo ever made. Um, and readers are engrossed in this journey that takes uh, Maya to become one of the greatest actresses in the entertainment world and take her role as the Crimson um, Goddess. Um, Number nine, Fruits Basket. Um, a surprisingly really dark shoujo, this award-winning manga of Toru Honda, a young orphan who gets adopted by the Soma family. However, the Soma family holds a deep secret. They, they transform the animal of the Chinese zodiac if they hugged by someone of the opposite gender. Um, and it's up to Toru to heal the hearts of the Soma family who has been heavily burdened by this curse. This manga notably won the Best Manga Award back in, 27, in 2007 in the American Anime Awards. Um, but number 8, Ohio Iberhama Hime. Um, widely known as Wake Up Sleeping Beauty, uh, Tetsu Misato works on, as his father's housekeeping agency and where he kind of ends up taking a job at the mansion. Um, he has a, only seen a child. And far into the mansion lies the isolated and hermit-like daughter of the estate. And after meeting her by chance, they quickly kind of got to know each other and slowly began to develop feelings for one another and determined to learn about the real Shizu Karasawa. And Tetsu tries his hardest, both for the sake of their love, despite her supernatural um, condition. Uh, number seven, Kamisama Hayumentashita. Uh, one of the more unique entries on my list is just after her after her deadbeat dad skips skips town to order to get out her get out of his gambling debts. Nanami Momozono becomes homeless, and after saving a man from a dog, he offers her a home, which she happily accepts. However, she got more than what she bargained um, as she becomes the new local deity of a shrine. Um, now riddled with her rep- new re- new responsibilities and a cranky ex familiar. Um, readers are able to explore the fun side of, of a former human trying to learn how to be a god. Um, number six, Orion Host Club High School. Wait, no. Let's do that again. Orion Koku Host Club. Orion High School Host Club, an academy fit for the upper class, um, is coming here at number um, 16 here. Within the school is a club that only the elite have full control of. Um, called the Legendary Host Club. And after Haruhu accidentally breaks an incredibly expensive vase in the club, she kind of gets mistaken for a boy and has to repay her debts. Um, Orion Koku Host Club is a wacky manga where even the simplest events turn into a giant mess and she has to learn the world of the elites as crazy adventures in the host club ensues. Number 15, Banana Fish. Um... An incredibly incredible action manga. This shoujo tells the story of Ash Lynx, who raised both um, uh, both beautifully and as a murderer <laughs> from his adopted father, Dino Golzine. However, now that he is age of 17, he has tried everything in his power to go against the adoptive parental figure, 
However, things kind of turn for the worse when he learns of a conspiracy regarding his older brother, uh, Sanity in Vietnam, and that is directly linked to Dino Golzin, and now he has to uncover this along with Eji Okamoto, who arrived at the worst time for all this to happen. Um, number 14, Skippy. Um, Skippy. I mean, it was going to make the list, right? You knew that I was going to. After learning that she is considered to be nothing more than a mere housemaid by her friend and love interest, Shotaru Shofuwa, Kyoko Magami decides to enact her own personal revenge by becoming an idol just like him. Embarking on a unique journey where she learns more about the trade, Skippy is a tale about the path to stardom and forming new relationships and learning new skills along the way. Number 13, Nana. Um, number 13, Nana. It, it, a story of two girls, both named Nana, and they're very both different women whose past diverged together. You know, one seeks to come back to Tokyo to reunite with her ex-boyfriend, and the other rejects romance in order to pursue her career as an aspiring musician. Both sharing the same train and later the same apartment together, they, they both support each other through thick and thin as they deal with the themes of friendship, romance, dreams, and so much more. Number 12, Natsume Eugene Cho. Unfortunately, wishing to be a normal person like everyone else, this 15-year-old Takashi Natsume possesses the ability to look at yokai, um, ghost-like creatures that only he can see. And after his grandmother leaves behind a yokai book called The Book of Friends, Takashi is suddenly with a huge variety of yokai he has to contact, connect with for their freedom. It's a lovely slice of manga, slice of life manga with some shoujo in it. Um, and it really heavily puts Natsume in the pit of dynamic between having a normal life and having a supernatural one. Finding the balance between both of them and learning the greatest lessons from both styles. Um, number 11, Akasui no Yona. Um, finally, at number 11, almost cracking the top 10, but not quite, is this shoujo, uh, which is considered a favorite by many. Aksuki uh, no Yona takes place in the kingdom of Koka, where the soul princess lives a life of relative peace. And after one, you know, after the one she loved stages a coup and murders her father, uh, Yona escapes her life on the palace. So, uh, wishing to save her kingdom, she learns of the solution, where she meets a priest who tells her to recruit four legendary dragon warriors. Uh, and this is a story about a young naive girl as she goes on her journey to become incredibly strong and powerful leader um now i'm going into to my top 10 all right and so this is where it gets spicy it's gonna get a little spicy so just bear with me bear with me and i'm gonna probably take a little more time in talking about these a little bit more time just because i i I, they're in my top 10 for a reason you know what i'm saying um number 10 Strobe Edge. Um, coming in at my top at number 10 is a manga that accurately portrays first crushes, love polygons, and unrequited love. Um, this is definitely a story born from the romance genre, um, but it's also one that accurately represents the realities of real life romance, and that's Strobe Edge. Bit by bit, high school girl Ninako gets closer to the uh, school heartthrob, Ren. And, but there's a problem. Ren's already in a relationship, uh, but Ninako likes him, so what, what now? Uh, and, and there's also another guy who likes her. Whoa, so, you know, things are getting out of control, uh, but this is how high school romance goes. One-sided love, love triangles, even love squares, if, if that term even exists. But this is a story about a messy yet expressive love story um, that I recommend you guys checking out. Number nine... Aoharu Ride, or also known as Blue Spring Ride. Number nine on my list is a series that wants to hit you hard right in the feels, hard enough to make you realize what a good shoujo manga is, and that's Blue Spring Ride. Was, you know, was made to make your heart flutter and wrench uh, with all kinds of emotions. Um, Yoshi, uh, Yoshi, what was it, Yoshioka Futaba published, you know, I mean, pushed the reset button in her life. She's now a new woman and she doesn't want her past to past life to repeat again in the future. So all the changes she's made stemmed from her previous persona and the boy she liked from middle school who has just suddenly disappeared from her life. But now in high school, the boy pops up again. Totally changed as well. Even has a new name, but 
What's with all the changes? And will their relationship work now that they both change? Um, just have to read it and find it out. Uh, number number eight. eight. We were there. Look, love is complicated. And Bokura ga Ita, translated to uh, we are we were there, is on my eight number eight spot. Um, and this proves is why is because it really tackles the complication of love. As as complicated as love stories go, it's a real masterpiece with all the nuances of love, life, and romance portrayed in the shoujo manga. And really shouldn't be surprising that I got it high on this list on at number eight. Uh, Nana, uh, Nana Takahashi firmly believes that high school romance is nothing special. Um, and her life will be the same as always. That is until she ends up being classmates with the massively popular boy Yano Motoharu. Many girls flock over Yano. Nana's different though. You know, she doesn't really like him. But will she really not waver in her feelings as both of them get closer to each other? Just have to read it. Um, number seven, Lovely Complex. At my number seven spot is a romance manga that is not only romantic and sweet, but it's actually really funny and kind of silly. Um, it's called Lovely Complex, and it's a series that tickles the heart with all the complexities of love. Um, while you're reading this manga, you'll really find yourself slowly falling in love with the characters and really just and love their charming love-hate um, relationship. Um, um, Utani Atsushi is kind of a quite small high school boy. Uh, Kozumi Risa, on the other hand, is a ridiculously tall girl. And both of them are heartbroken with their respective crushes, falling in love with one another. Um, and so they share the same issues and circumstances. And now that they become friends, um, more than that, they've become really, really, really close. And their unusual pairing is a perpetually funny to the people around them. Um, but it's this fate. It's this destiny. Maybe both. But they are far in for something greater than they have already um, experienced. Um... Number six, Denki or Dengeki Daisy. Um, you're probably asking, why is Dengeki Daisy here on the list and not the sixth spot? And on the sixth spot, well, I wholeheartedly believe it, it deserves the sixth spot. It is unlike any other shoujo manga or even shoujo or, or any other shoujo or romance manga. Um, it's unique, it's novel, it's it's something that breathes new life into the, into the shoujo genre, really, I believe. And you'll definitely need to read it and find out for yourself. But in short, Kuriyabayashi Teru, Teru's only keepsake from her from her late brother is a cell phone. In this phone is a contact named Daisy. Um, the new instruction, the instruction given to Teru was that she can connect contact Daisy whenever she needs something to talk, someone to talk to, and confide with. Teru's problem though is that um, she's in debt. And she has to work with some rude but good-looking gender, Kurosaki Tasuku. Um, and this is the story how this is how the story begins. And from here on out, Teddy's life and future shall be intertwined with Daisy and Tasuku. Um, number five, Tonarikon Kabutsukun, or My Little Monster. Look, my little my little monster is not it isn't only about love, but also about life you know romantic love is there but it's also intertwined with the gradations of you know the gradations of life and this series shows that life is indeed beautiful with all the experience that it can offer with its focus on friendship uh, self-discovery and budding feelings um, and this manga makes a makes a name for itself and deserves this fifth spot on my list um shizuku mitani doesn't really care about anyone or anything unnecessarily and all that she really cares about are her grades. You know? So one day, she reluctantly accepts the task for delivering notes to an absent classmate. This classmate is uh, Haru Yoshida, and he's very similar to Shizuku. And now that she has some, she has delivered his notes, he is now believes that they are friends. Thus, their uncanny relationship begins. Number four, Zetai Kadachi, or Absolute Boyfriend. With the power to make all readers swoon uncontrollably, Absolute Boyfriend steals the spotlight by snatching the fourth place on this list to capture all eyes, seize all attention, and make all hearts flutter. Uh, Riko Izawa has a lot of experience when it comes to rejection and being dumped in romantic relationships. She becomes desperate and turns into an online website for help. 
and nightly lover figure free trial pops up. The next day, a good-looking naked guy is delivered to her doorstep. And um, that's not all. He wants to be her boyfriend. Um, and she's like, is this really happening? What's the price for this? Uh, Enrico is going to find out pretty damn soon. But now we're going to the top three, everybody. So let's let's just let's just get into it. Number three, Kimini Todoke. Talk about realistic. Kimine Todoke is definitely that, all that. It gives readers the chance to experience romantic love in just the most realistic ways, I thought. That's why it deserves in my top, that's why it's in my top three. Uh, the story is simple, ordinary, and pure, but that doesn't mean it's boring or, or not special. It's number three on the list, so that should say something, and, and it's, this is one of the best shoujo manga in the world. Um, Kodonuma Sawakono is not only a name similar to that Sadako from the ring, but she was all gloomy and a little shy. With her appearance and personality, she is often misunderstood by her classmates, despite her good intentions. Um, unexpectedly, a boy with a refreshing personality and good looks makes contact with her. And uh, is this her golden opportunity? Will he be able to save her from the depths of her own darkness? Is there actually any hope for her when it comes to romance? Oh. You don't have, have to check that uh, manga out. Number two, Horimiya. Horimiya. Horimiya comes in at number two, which means it's not your average shoujo manga. It stands above the others. The romantic elements are definitely genuine and refreshing. Um, and it really helps you indulge yourself in the intimacy of relationship in this story. Um, and it'll get your heart beating faster. Uh, Hori and Miyamura are students who have uh, double lives, and Hori may seem like an ordinary schoolgirl, but after class, she's a teenage girl devoid of any social interaction um, because she has to take care of her brother at home. And on the other hand, Miyayomi may seem like a nerd and otaku at school, but after class, she's actually a social butterfly who's not really good at academics. Um, one day, you know, they both discover their other's double lives and their interaction leads to friendship. From friendship comes love. Um, now my number one. What I think is the best shoujo manga of all time. Here it is. Number, number one. wa Maid-sama. Look, all the cliches, all the romance elements, all the heart-tingling scenarios, you'll find them all here in one single manga. It's Kaicho wa Maid-sama. It's a guilty pleasure for everyone. It's so good, it actually makes your heart pound and pound and pound and pound some more. No wonder it's so popular. It, it, no wonder it's number one. Read it and you'll get why a lot of people love it. But um, Misaki Awuzawa is the demon student council president of her school. She's also a maid at a certain maid cafe uh, that she works at after school. Being a maid at a maid cafe is her biggest secret. Um, and it will surely tarnish her reputation as the demon president if anyone ever, if that ever came out. Of course, her secret gets discovered, and the most popular guy in school, um, Yusui Takemi, has discovered her secret. Is this the end for the demon president, or will Yusui keep her secret for a price? Eh, no matter what, both of them are now in contact, and something big is about to happen. Um, I should, and some notable i guess recommendations uh, boys over flowers peach girl high school debut uh suzuka katikano or some other notable ones um like i said i already talked about yona of the dawn skip beat fruit baskets uh, karisama kiss oran high school host club you know we're on the previous ones, but those are my top 20 um after reading all, so many titles over these last few months, I feel like that Kawachu Made Wa Made Summer really emphasized everything. It cap and it just encapsulated encapsulated just everything that I learned and researched from, from shoujo manga, and I think that hit them and hit so many different spots in so many different ways. And I thought it was such a versatile uh, shoujo romance novel or book or manga, whatever case what do you want to call it, and that's why it deserved my um, number one spot but look i'm looking at the time look you've made it you made it to the end thank you so much uh for supporting this podcast and i really hoped you enjoyed listening to the history and the importance of just the shoujo manga the beginnings and listening to why and listening to my top 20 
Um, do, do you disagree with it? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Tell me what you think about it on Twitter, which you can find me on Based Senpai on Twitter or at Weebcast TV on Instagram. Um, and let me know what you think about the list. Let me know what you think about this episode. I love doing these genre-related episodes. I want to do a, some more. Um, like I said, I'm doing a Isekai one in the future. And, um, you know, maybe I'll do a horror one after the Isekai one. But, like, that's a few months down the line. So we'll see about that. Um, but I thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for um spreading it around telling your friends about it continue to please do that you guys have been the best um listeners on the planet and i owe you guys so much um so i want to give back as much content as possible so if you want to see more content um then definitely head up onto the patreon patreon.com forward slash webcast show to get all that good extra goodness um and get a little closer to to me the host and so we can do some more fun stuff together so you can hear some more stuff you know, I want to build a nice little community and the Weebcast fam is already one of the, my favorite communities. We will make it the best uh, anime communities out there. I promise you that. But this is all for me. Um, this is the shoujo, shoujo and manga genre episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it so much. Um, keep supporting the podcast. Keep spreading around. Doing it. Thank you for allowing my voice um, into your ears and into your homes. Um, this is Weebcast and I'm, I'm C-Dub and I'm out of a thousand. Goodbye.